Hello and welcome to episode number 112 of The Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Tripodi. With me, as always, is Tony Pauline, as we are once again live under the bleachers on top of an ice machine at Lab People Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. We're here for the second practice of Tuesday, and that would be the North team. Tony, what's going on? Not much. The wind died down for the second practice, but the sun also went down, so it got a little bit cooler. Still wasn't too bad. Next two days are supposed to be a little bit warmer. I'll tell you what, I thought the pads were popping a little bit more in the second practice uh, for the North compared to the first one we saw in the South, who kind of took their time to get into things. We saw a lot of terrific performances. Start off with the quarterbacks. Uh, Jordan Love, I don't think he was as good as Justin Herbert from earlier today, but Jordan Love was on the money. He's got a quick release. He's got a live arm. He was making a lot of fantastic throws. Made a lot of real good throws in drills. Made a lot of real good throws in scrimmage. A couple of his passes would get away from him on occasion, but all in all, when you consider the season that Jordan Love had, the disappointing season, I thought this was a great showing in the first practice of senior ball a week. I thought Anthony Gordon struggled a bit. He's got all the physical skills, but he just can't drop the uh, pass in there when he has to or or place the ball when he has to. Uh, Basically, what I'm seeing is right now is what I saw during the season. He's more of a developmental project, a guy that's going to need a bit of time to really harvest those physical skills. Shea Patterson was up and down. He made some nice throws. He made some bad throws. He made some good decisions. He made some poor decisions. But that's basically what we've seen from Shea Patterson the past two years at Michigan. I mean, the difference between Jordan Love in this practice compared to the other two quarterbacks might have been a little bigger than Justin Herbert compared to, say, Steven Montez on the south side of things. But again, we expected to see Love come in here and perform well on the field. Obviously had a rough season, had a rough start to his bowl week as well. So I'm sure he's been answering a lot of questions from people and he will continue to answer questions throughout the week. But at least as far as the tests go on the field, he certainly passed on day one. We'll move on to the running backs here. A real guy that stood out for me was Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. Looked very quick, did a nice job in pass catching skill. Ca- sorry, pass catching drills. Rather, really left some linebackers in the dust. Tony, what do you think of Kelly's performance and anybody else in the backfield? Kelly was fantastic. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The guy's 215 pounds, but he showed the uh, the footwork of a 185 pound scat back. I mean, he's making defenders miss. We saw it in the open field. We saw it at the line of scrimmage during during at the line of scrimmage during full scrimmage, where he's able to cut back and, and really change direction without losing any momentum. He was outstanding catching the ball. I, I mean, hands down, I think uh, Josh Joshua Kelly, he goes by Joshua, was the best running back of the day today. I also like the TCU kid Darius Anderson a bit. He's got a great burst. Uh, he's got some terrific short area quickness. But if he if he's even, he's leaving. I mean, that's the kind of speed he. Has. Has. He hits the hole with great uh, quickness and, and, and speed, uh, gives effort, and the problem is he's not a real strong ball carrier. He's usually uh, taken down by the first uh, opponent. Uh, Jamichael Hasty of Baylor also had his moments. Another guy who's very quick, shows good short area quickness, uh, has got a burst as well. Didn't have the complete game that jo- day that Joshua Kelly did, but he showed some good things. Looks like he's going to be a solid situational back at the next level. Now hit the receivers quickly here. A couple intriguing guys. James Proch out of SMU, real quick guy, did a lot today in drills, looking good. And some of the bigger body guys that we always want to see here because we want to see their separation ability. We want to see their speed. Guys like Michael Pittman from USC, Denzel Mims out of Baylor, Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. Tony, what do you see from all of the receivers? 
Proch had a tremendous day. I mean, he looked like Josh Kelly at the receiver position in the sense that he was incredibly quick. They could not cover him out of routes. He caught the ball exceptionally well. He shows great focus and concentration. What he doesn't have is speed. He can't get, he's not a vertical threat. He can't get down the field. He catches the ball very well. I'll tell you this, we were sitting in front of some New England scouts and the New England scouts love James Prochet. They kept commenting on what a good day he was having. And remember, Prochet basically fits that profile of what the uh, Patriots like at the receiver position. Undersized, but very quick. A guy who catches the ball well and can create catching, at, uh, can create running after the catch. Uh, so he really stood out to me. But Courtney uh, Davis of Texas A&M made a couple of really nice throws. Pittman was kind of up and down, a bigger body receiver. Denzel Mims had a couple of nicer receptions throughout the day. Uh, really, but it, it was the James Prochet show at the receiver position because he was head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah, and before you even said it with the Patriots type of player, I mean, that is Prochet there. Obviously chock full of slot receivers. They do it every year. And hey, maybe they do it again on day three here with Prochet as well. Now we'll move on to the tight ends here, and one of the guys coming into the week with the most hype out of any player here is Adam Troutman out of Dayton. A lot of people talking about him being a potential high second-day pick, and he had a good day, slows down well into his breaks, really shows the ability to extend off his frame to catch the ball, smoothly transition into yards after the catch. So he's a good athlete, and he did show well on this day of practice. He was the best tight end, I thought, here on the North squad, Bryson Hopkins, did show a lot, fights the ball a little bit when he's catching it, but he's a smooth athlete, does well to adjust the balls behind him. Sean McKeon out of Michigan, kind of a slow guy, a bit lumbering down to the field, does adjust to some balls as well, but not a great showing from him. And same thing from Charlie Tomapu out of Portland State, really not the most athletic guy, does get a lot out of his talent. Tony, what did you see from the tight ends? Yeah, I thought Troutman was fantastic. I mean, let's just rewind a little bit. I posted yesterday that a lot of teams have Troutman now presently rated as the number one senior tight end or the number one tight end from the senior class. And like Chris said, they're looking at him as a second round pick. I got to speak with his uh, college coach earlier today. He was here at the Senior Bowl at length. He told me that he expects Troutman to run under 4-7 at the combine. They've timed him in the pass at 4-6-8. And as somebody said to me, during the pass catching drills. They said Troutman looks better than the receivers on the field. That's how good he was. I will say this, he was very good in drills, but he was quiet in scrimmage. Really didn't have a lot of passes or make a lot of plays uh, during scrimmage. Really dropped one ball during the drills, but had a terrific day. Bryson Hopkins, Hopkins is a situation where he's a real good athlete. He's got to learn to become a tight end. You can see the quickness, you can see the speed, but you also see a lack of balance. You see a guy who's basically in contorted positions to make reception when receptions when he doesn't have to. It's just a matter of him pulling it together. I think Chris said it about McKean. McKean was actually better as a blocker than he was a pass catcher. It's not just a fast guy. I'm kind of surprised that McKean is here, is even here. Charlie Tamapoe, yeah, I mean, Tamapoe was actually graded higher than Troutman coming into the season. Scouts gave Tamapoe a fourth, uh, fifth round grade and gave Troutman a seventh round grade. Tamapoe did not have a good season. You can see it really from the literally, literally from the snap of the ball. He struggles getting off the line of scrimmage. He lumbers down the field. He's a decent pass catcher. He's giving, he's giving effort. It may be a situation where too much was expected from him and he was a bit overrated coming into the season compared to what he delivered in 2019 and what he's delivering thus far in the opening practice of the senior bowl. Now move to the offensive line here and my big winner from the day of North practices was Temple Center Matt Hennessy. 
does do a nice job. Even when he gets beat off of the line, he recovers very well. Stayed in front of Jason Strobridge, which if you watch practice today, if you were here, Jason Strobridge was one of the big winners on the defensive side of the ball. It felt like Matt Hennessy was one of the few guys who was able to handle him of the offensive linemen. So definitely a good day for Matt Hennessy. I also thought Jonah Jackson had a good day. Really quick feet when he's engaged with rushers. Keeps guys in front of him very well. It was a nice day from Jonah Jackson. And it was a mixed day from guys like Matt Pert, who is a guy we've talked about a lot on this show since the summer scouting series when we highlighted him at UConn. He has his most moments where he shows you what he's capable of. He's very hard to get around with his length. He stood up Jason Strobridge a couple times. He's really needing a lot of technical work though. He's hugging guys. His hands are too wide. He needs to get them more into the chest plates of defenders, occasionally bending at the waist. But you see all the tools and you see the raw ability that Matt Pert has. He just needs to clean up some technical things. Colt McKivitz is another guy we've discussed often on the show. He had his moments. He was better at right tackle than he was at left tackle. He's not great getting out to the edge. He will struggle with edge speed at times, but did a good job when he was able to stay in front of rushers and probably ends up as a better right tackle than a left tackle at the NFL level. Yeah, I actually thought Perk did pretty well today. Like you said, the one problem he has is his hand placement. He gets outside and he kind of kind of wraps around guys, which is going to be called for holding at the next level. He's got to improve his hand placement. I thought Ben Bredesen of Michigan had a nice day, especially during scrimmage. He was overpowering guys. He was able to outposition players or defenders from the action. Really stood out to me. I thought Hennessy did well. Krisha already mentioned Colton McKivitz. I thought he did a really terrific job at right tackle. Not the flashiest guy in the world, but just gets the job done. I thought Josh Jones of Houston, who a lot of people really like, I thought he really struggled. Justin Heron uh, got destroyed on one play by Jason Strobridge to the, to the point where all the scouts in attendance were ooing and eyeing Strobridge because of Heron's uh, poor play. Uh, but overall, I, I thought most of the guys did relatively well. Yeah, Josh Jones is a guy a lot of people coming into this week talked about him as a potential first-round pick. And today, I mean, it just it did not look like he had that kind of potential. Just really struggled over protecting the edge. He was getting beaten inside. Then he would get outside, get beaten outside when he wasn't sliding too far off the edge. So just really not a good day from a guy that a lot of people have been hyping up. And I don't, I don't understand it. I, I mean, Josh Jones, number one. If you go back to what I said to him in the summer, and the American Athletic Conference was the second uh, conference we previewed during the summer, and I said there, he's a left ta- college left tackle, it's going to have to be pushed into guard. He shows no ability, as far as I'm concerned, to play tackle at the next level. And while people talk about him as a second-day pick, scouts, came, scouts graded him as a seventh-round pick coming into the season. I graded him as a sixth-round pick. So I've never at any point in time you know, saw this top 100 potential from Josh Jones. He bends at the waist. He's marginally athletic. He does, he's a small area blocker. And he proved all of that today during practice. Now move to the defensive side of the ball in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Tony, let's talk about sleep. You know, we need eight hours of sleep straight up. And last night I actually got nine hours of sleep, so I'm in a good mood today. One of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. And the room was kind of warm last night. That's probably why I got nine hours of sleep. It's tough to get a good night's sleep if you're too hot or cold. It's definitely too hot in that room, but I managed to get a good night of sleep as well. But it is our pleasure on this show to introduce The Pod by 8sleep. The Pod is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. 
it also learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool and your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy, comfortable bed. For the next week, get $200 off your pod and a free gravity blanket for a total value of $500. Only at 8sleep.com slash pro. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash pro. 8sleep.com slash pro. And now for the defensive side of Tuesday's second practice, and as I kind of hinted at before, the big winner for me was Jason Strobridge out of North Carolina. Really good speed and quickness on the inside. As Tony mentioned, shoved Justin Heron to the ground and drew a lot of attention from scouts for that. Showed a nice rip move as well. Very quick into the backfield. And by the end of practice, we weren't the only ones noticing how well Strobridge was playing because they were trying to double team him on almost every play just to make sure he wasn't able to hurt them. Now, Darian Daniels out of Nebraska, we talked about last week, Carlos Davis and Khalil Davis. Well, now their teammate along the defensive line is here in Mobile, and he had a good day. He was very well for his size. Good swim move, wins quickly at the line of scrimmage. Another guy who showed well is Oklahoma's Neville Gallimore. Very violent hands, also knows that, and he fights very hard through the play till the whistle. He doesn't give up on plays. He's quick off the line. He can get penetration as well. So it's a good day for Gallimore. It was also a good day for McTelvin Ajum out of Arkansas. He was called up from the Shrine game last week. Really strong hands, quick off the snap. Does have some issues with balance every once in a while, but had good push against Ben Bredesen a couple times, and Bredesen was a guy, as Tony mentioned earlier, who played well. A guy who was kind of up and down was Devon Hamilton from Ohio State. He's quick off the ball. He gets off the snap ball to penetrate the backfield, but he was slow at times. He was handled on the outside, so it was an up and down day for a guy like Devon Hamilton, but overall, those guys really impressed on the defensive line. Uh, the one guy who really didn't stand out to me at all, in fact, I didn't see him uh, much at all, was Kenny Willekes of Michigan State, a guy who's getting some second-day notice uh, around the Internet. I think he's a last-day pick. I think he's a try-hard guy. I don't think he's a great athlete. I, I think he's a guy who makes a lot of plays based on his hustle and based on his intensity, but really did not see him at all today. Obviously, got to agree with Stowbridge. I, I mean, it's not only the explosion, but the fundamentals he plays with. He plays with great knee bend. He plays with great leverage. I think he is the prototypical uh, three-technique tackle at the next level. And if he's not, if you don't use a three-technique tackle, I think you'll still be able to uh, stick him on the inside of a uh, of a four-three uh, line alignment. Probably can even play some uh, three-four defensive end in one-gap systems where you're lining up your linebacker over the tackle. Yeah, and Willikis, I mean, he, as Tony said, kind of a try-hard guy. He's also a smart player. I mean, he will read the leverage of an opposing offensive lineman. He'll react well. He'll get inside. He'll get outside. But just athletically isn't quite there and didn't make a huge mark on today's practice. Now, moving on to the linebackers here, there were a couple guys who showed decently but had their issues. We love talking about Evan Weaver on this show because his production throughout his career has been absolutely through the roof. In drills, he looked very smooth flipping his hips. I pointed out to Tony. I said, wow, all right, he's looking pretty good. Then he tries to cover Josh Kelly, and granted, he was not the only guy to struggle trying to cover Josh Kelly, but lost connection, ended up slipping as well. So still has some work to do in coverage, but does a great job getting to the ball, knows where to find it, can finish plays, did a really nice job there. Zach Bond was a guy who we've also discussed here whenever we watch Wisconsin, and Zach Bond struggled. He's 235 pounds, and he's a guy who's going to win up the field only. He's almost like Anthony Jennings was when we discussed Jennings after the South practice earlier today. 
Bowen is a guy, he doesn't move well in reverse. He didn't play very well in space today, but he's a guy who can get up the field and who can create pressure. But against NFL offensive tackles, he's going to be engulfed by blocks at that weight. So he's going to have to get stronger without losing any of that quickness or explosiveness in order to truly be effective in the pros. Yeah, uh, Josh Uchi, a uh, guy who we interviewed over the summer, guy who's known as a real good pass rusher, had a good day in coverage. I mean, he made one nice play in drills where he was able to uh, stop the tight end from uh, – uh, from catching the pass. Look good for Uchi, who's a, a very articulate, intelligent type of guy. Uh, good to see him. Really, none of the linebackers stood out to me. I, I thought the linebackers and the secondary overall, which we'll get to in a second, uh, was much better on the south than what we saw today uh, from the north. Yeah, absolutely. Not a, not a banner day for the linebackers here, but we move, we'll move on to the secondary. One guy that we wanted to see here was Ashton Davis out of Cal. He got medically flagged as well as much of a couple other guys earlier today that we mentioned got flagged. So he's not here to practice, unfortunately. But one of our guys from the year, Kalik Hudson, who was originally a Shrine invite, ended up coming here. His teammate Josh Metellus is in town as well. Tony, what did you see from the Michigan guys and anybody else in the secondary? Not a whole heck of a lot. <clears throat> I mean, Metellus made one play. It was very spotty uh, play from the, the, the secondary on the north. Metellus made one nice play, and then he disappeared. Troy Pride of uh, Notre Dame had a couple nice plays, but for the most part, he disappeared. I mean, really, there was nothing that stood out about the uh, about the North's defensive backs, and I think that's because Jordan Love and, and James Porche looked so good that they were getting beat up. I did think that uh, Alohai Gilman of Notre Dame at times uh, really looked good in coverage, uh, had some superior pass defenses, also got beat a few times, or if he didn't get beat, would have got flagged for holding uh, because he was grabbing on the guys. But I, I thought he, he, at times, really stood out. And that's all for episode number 112 of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. Now, we're done for Tuesday here with two practices on the first day of the 2020 Reese's Senior Bowl. Now in the books, we will be back for you on Wednesday, as long as, unlike last year, we don't have weather-related issues that push the practices inside and force us to go to the film room to get you these podcasts. We'll be back Wednesday with the second day of practices for both the North and the South teams. Until then, on behalf of Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. Good night.